Visiting the doctor is something that we all have to do at one time or another. Some have their long-time family doctor, some just go to the closest GP, and some end up in the waiting room at the local A&E. But no matter where we go, it's never anyone's favourite day out. And since the emergence of COVID-19, this experience has become even more stressful than in the past. The nationwide lockdowns, working from home, and the cancelling of national holiday celebrations and international travel have highlighted the importance of personal well-being and the important role that the built environment can play in a person's physical and mental health. One New Surgery has prioritised their design to make the experience as easy and as comfortable as possible and have overcome significant physical challenges to create a healthy environment focused on patient safety and well-being. This is Engineering Insights by Elementor, and my guest today is Emily Shearer. Emily is an Associate Principal at Elementor, an experienced engineer with over 15 years working in a variety of sectors. She's here today to talk to us about one of our live and pioneering projects that brings multiple healthcare services under one roof, and how this emerging trend benefits patients, staff, the environment, and the local community. Welcome, Emily, and thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So to kick us off, Emily, can you give our listeners a bit of an overview about you, your experience in this field, and what drives you and gets you up in the morning? Yeah, so um, I've been an engineer for over 15 years. Um, I actually started my career off in Scotland, um, and then 14 years ago I decided to come down south, and I've been working with Elementor ever since. I've worked in the majority of sectors in the construction industry, but I think the most constrained sector is healthcare due to the addition of the HTMs and the HBNs, which are um, like British standards, which we all need to comply with. My passion in this industry is lighting design. I have recently gained a diploma in interior designing, which was very interesting, Um, gave you a real good insight into what architects and interior designers do. I'd love to be able to, I hope that that gives me an insight into their vision and allows me to provide it for them. Great, great, great. And uh, we'll get into a a little bit further about what you've done with the lighting in the Northgate House GP surgery, which we'll talk about in a second. But before we talk about the surgery, so the the surgery is actually part of a a larger project that you've also been working on uh, called Northgate House in central Oxford. So can you tell us a little bit about that project so that our listeners get a bit of a context of what, what's going on? Yeah, so this project is in the centre of Oxford. It's part of Jesus College, which is one of the Oxford colleges, which is part of the university. It is just off the main pedestrian shopping area. So it's very central Oxford with great access to transport links. Elementary have been doing the detailed design for both the Northgate house and for this GP surgery. So we call it the base build, being the the Northgate house. And we're now involved in the construction of the original Northgate house project. We're reviewing the design and ongoing installation on the construction. With regards to the actual building of this, um, we have uh, the Northgate house has got um, seminar rooms, Um, and also student accommodation, and it could even be used for art displays. It's called a hub area, Um, so it could be art displays or um, seminar rooms or large gatherings, graduation parties, that sort of thing. 
Great, great. And it's got a sustainable building as well, isn't it? Yes, very much so. We're not going for Briam or lead or anything like that on it, but we have engineered our own sustainability side for the Northgate House building, which will be part of the um, Oxford, well, which includes the Oxford requirements. Uh, like you mean Oxford City Council yes, exactly. uh, yeah, standards yeah. and so on? Right, right. Great, great, great. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's uh, Northgate House. So that brings us to the Northgate GP surgery. So this is taking, as far as I understand it, taking the large basement area. Um, uh, is it the whole of the basement area under Northgate House? Yes, it is. Um, well, the whole of the basement that's been designated for the retail. Right, okay, okay. And also sections of uh, the ground floor and the first floor. So can you explain what makes this different from any other normal GP surgery? Yeah, this this GP surgery is actually bringing three independent practices into one central location. Wow. This, this will allow the GPs to have some shared accommodation. For example, the, the having a minor procedures area that they're all going to be utilising and the admin spaces. But then again, they will all have their own facility areas, their own consulting rooms, treatment rooms that they can use. Right, right. But, but rather than having an admin room each. Exactly, uh, yeah. They'll share the same they'll space. They'll have it shared. Great. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So take me through how this will look. Uh, it's Like I said before, it's taking some of the ground floor and first floor and, and a large part of the basement. So how big is it? And what, what's kind of the layout when you get inside? Yeah, so um, you enter the building on the ground floor from the sh- level street access. On that ground yep. floor, all you'll have there is the lifts and stairs down into the basement. So you go down into the basement, this is where the entire GP practices. So right, in okay. that area, there are 16 consulting rooms, eight treatment rooms, and two minor procedure rooms for the practice to share. In that space also, there's a couple of meeting rooms for when the GPs do demonstrations or want to present to other GPs from outside of their, their surgeries. Okay, yeah. In the basement, there's also the reception area. Now, this is a single reception area where the three practices will be combined and they will all be serviced from that one reception area. Yeah. Then if you go up onto the first floor, the first floor is a staff-only area. So it's got all the breakout spaces, the changing rooms for the staff, all the areas which staff wouldn't want patients to be going into. Right, their own lunch rooms exactly, and the, yes. the admin rooms and stuff. Yeah. Okay, great, great. So when you're fitting out a place like this, in a basement specifically, what are some of the challenges that go along with that? Especially because it's, I guess there's a lot of like normal people, I don't want to say normal people, but, you know, patients and the public is what the word I'm looking for going into that space. What are some of the challenges with making that an appropriate space for that type of people? Yeah, so one of the first challenges in that space is that it was never actually designated for a GP surgery. It's always been designated as a retail space. Now, retail space doesn't require as many services as a GP surgery with regards to ventilation, drainage, lighting. Uh, Retail is very much a kind of, it's a large open space. These have all been condensed into smaller rooms. 
So what we had to originally do was we've had to allow for a flow void to allow for the drainage because the drainage right, yep. is spread throughout the full of the flow plate, not just in one corner where the retail space had been designated. Right, okay. And then we've also had to put a lot more ventilation ductwork in to ensure for this COVID safe ventilation rates um, that we've looked into for a GP surgery to have, being that it's in the basement. Right, okay. Well, with the ventilation, do you want to go into a bit more about that? Because I, I know that with the, the there's an extra layer yeah. of uh, technicality that's gone into that to provide for it being, it being COVID safe. Yeah, so for a standard GP practice, if you look at that, if it is above ground, say, we would normally just use openable windows. There wouldn't be any mechanical ventilation right. in a GP practice except for wow. the specialist rooms, which is still the same yep. criteria in basement. On pre-COVID situations, it would have been three air changes per hour, which is basically the same as an office block. Yep. Okay. There isn't any real requirement um, to upgrade it. But because of now COVID-19 and we wanted to make sure that this basement area is a comfortable, you know, fresh air environment, we have designed this project to have six air changes to ensure that oh, the right. air movement will be sufficient to, to reduce the COVID-19 particles in the air and also any other illness that may be coming into that's airborne in the GP surgeries. Yeah, I mean, so and we're I mean, trying to go that step above. Yeah, sorry. Uh, like, yeah, because I mean, doctor surgeries are one of those places where that's where sick people go. Yeah. Uh, so there's a higher chance of there being infections or, or uh, contaminants in the air. Yes. Yeah, so, so by increasing that air change rate, it will allow any air pollutants to dissipate quicker. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, what about lighting? So yeah, so the other issue on this project was lighting. Because we are in the basement, we don't have any natural daylight, any windows in all these yeah, separate rooms. So there are two light wells that are coming down from the ground floor to the basement to provide natural light into the area. Okay. These are situated at the entrance door and at the opposite end of the, the floor plate. Okay, but they don't obviously affect all of the different rooms exactly. in the basement, do they? Because the rooms are very cellular, because of the consulting rooms and the treatment rooms, the way that we've managed, well, the way that we've designed to get around this is to provide um, circadian lighting panels. Now, these panels, that we've put them across all the different areas to try and allow to fake natural daylight, if you want to call it that. Now, from what I understand, circadian lighting, it's quite clever, isn't it? It's its something yes, to do with the clever. natural sleep cycle of human beings. So, how, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, so it's very clever technology. I actually did my master's dissertation in circadian lighting. Oh, right. But for the, I'll see you the expert. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> in this project, um, we, we've, uh, uh, we're proposing them to be high level on the walls to try and mimic an external window, because in oh, basements you have that. Thinking they're outside. Exactly, yes. Um, now, these panels can have video images on them of skies or even people feet walking past. It's very much 
<laughs> what, where do you put the windows to what the video that they're going to be playing? Yeah. But it's not just the video that plays. The There are different light temperatures or color temperatures lamps in each fitting. Now, these right. cycle through the different lights, which simulates the sun cycle. So, you know, at, at yep. dusk, it will get darker. At, at lunchtime, it gets really bright. You know, so it, it fills the human to think that they're outside. Yeah. Now, this then allows the body to produce the correct amount of serotonin and melatonin levels to allow the body to have a simulated effect of actually being outside in a daytime. Being outside and being, yeah, being um, exposed to natural light. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So the panels aren't large in, in the rooms, but they will have a slight effect to more of the doctors who are going to be sitting in those rooms throughout the day rather than the patients that are just going to be going in and out of the rooms. Yeah, because I guess the patients are only there for half an hour to an hour Exactly, at a time. yeah. But the doctors and nurses, they're there all day. Okay, so this, uh, it sounds like a, uh, quite an advanced facility. So what do you think the impact will be on the local community and the patients and the doctors uh, and staff from this project? And do you think we'll see more of these projects in the future? Yeah, um, what I think is that with these types of projects, the available development space is getting to a premium they are going to have to be starting to be put in awkward and odd and unusual places. Yeah. So I think fitting a GP surgery into a basement will become more popular because that may be the only places they can be put in a central location. But with regards to the GPs, it's a great use of them pooling all their resources, uh, more of a collaborative environment. Yeah. It, it must be good for them in... in in doing all of that. And with this building being in central Oxford, it must be a good thing to allow the the patients to come to a central location. And it, all these different services that we're providing into that space, it must allow them to be a comforting, calming space for them to enter, to allow the, them to go to a GP practice. Yeah. So yeah, I do think we'll see more of these types of projects in the future. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe, rate, and leave a review. If you'd like to hear more from our guests or today's topic, check out the show notes, and you'll also see how to reach us on all the socials. This has been Engineering Insights by Elementor. Thanks for listening.